this Christmas day partake of the angelic visit that heralded the birth of your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may the blessings and favor of his coming be ours, and the glory remain yours, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas. Yeah. I wish you a Merry Christmas. You can join me. It's Christmas. Let's do it together. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. bit more of that and um, when I have some difficulty the choir and all of us will join and we shall have fun today. Merry Christmas again. My sincere appreciation go on record to the chapel leadership for the privilege of having me speak to the church today on this um, very important day of our Christian uh, life. May their vision in doing so be blessed in every way. I also want to thank the Archdeacon who effectively preached this sermon on Sunday for those of you who are here for the carol of uh, nine lessons. There is very little remaining for me to do. His exhortation at that occasion covered every bit of what I am supposed to do to get today. And I could actually call on that uh, his exhortation an end because he did all the work that I'm supposed to do. But because I have these uh, carols that I want to sing with you, I will be permitted to go on with the message I have, so that in between the message, we can bring those carols and uh, those songs that are important uh, for me. I also believe that in doing that, the Lord himself will speak to us, and that we may yet be richly blessed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today, the world joins Christians in, as we celebrate Christmas. But what does it mean? What is Christmas? What does Christmas mean to many people? First of all, today, many people have gone home for Christmas. They have gone home. Some have gone home to show a new car or a new house. Some have gone home to rest. Some have stayed in their, in their houses. Because Christmas period is a time the government will usually give um, holidays and those who have um, worked a lot throughout the year will have some opportunity to go and rest. For many people, it means many different things. When we were much younger, it used to be an opportunity to drive around Enugu when I was a kid, this high, and then we'll go to Abakba or to coal camp and we'll see all the mass crates you know, uh, gaily dressed with uh, accompanying uh, uh, dancers. And they will dance and they, they will get things in, uh, in return. Money, gifts, and all the, all the rest. Um, I'm not sure how far that is uh, uh, going on uh, right now. Uh, but I'm sure in some ways it's, we still have it. In the Western world, Christmas is a period of doing good things, good, good deeds, 
say, period of uh, gifts. But for many of them, it comes without a religious connotation. The issue about uh, Father Christmas and Santa Claus have the same time frame as Christmas, but do not have any spiritual or the same spiritual history as does Christmas. So that is that for them. So, but what is Christmas for us? What is Christmas for Christians? Christmas is a day for the remembrance of the birth of Jesus Christ. Given the unquestionable importance and centrality of the birth and life of Jesus Christ in, in Christianity, it is important and necessary and proper that we celebrate his birth. The Bible itself announces his um, birth, foretells his birth, and announces it when it uh, happened. In the reading we had in Luke, we, uh, we are told about the, um, the shepherds in the field and the angel of the Lord appearing, and then the good uh, will message that was given to them, and then their visit to, to go and worship uh, Christ. In uh, Matthew, um, he continues the story uh, with the visit of the wise men from the east who follow a star to Bethlehem where they find Jesus uh, offer him gifts of gold, frankincense, and uh, myrrh. These were recordings of the birth as they happened. But even before the birth of Christ, it had been foretold severally in the Bible because it was a very important uh, thing uh, for Christendom. So in the book of Prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, for brevity I will do all the readings today, we read that, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. In the New Testament, we read, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, received this prophecy from Angel Gabriel and became the vessel for the fulfillment of that earlier prophecy. There is another prophecy in Micah that Christ was to born in Bethlehem, a small community in those times. In Psalm 72, verses 10 to 11, the psalmist predicted that kings from afar would come to worship him, bringing him gifts. Psalm 72, 10 to 11. In Daniel... The timing of his birth was foretold in clear relation to events as unambiguous as the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. These are historical uh, facts and historical issues. The, hist the destruction of the, of the city of Jerusalem by invaders and all these prophecies came to pass. In, uh, this was recorded in Daniel chapter 9 from verse 25 to verse 26. There are indeed several other prophecies about the birth, life, and death of Christ. And the last one I will uh, mention is the, the prophecy from uh, the uh, prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us is born, unto us is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The importance of all these prophecies is that Jesus Christ 
is the fulfillment of scripture. He is the word. He is the light. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The whole message of Christmas is wrapped up in him. God's greatest gift. Who came as a tiny baby with one powerful purpose, one powerful aim, which is to save a lost world. When we compare the readings in, in Luke and the prophecy in Isaiah, we begin to realize the importance and significance of Christmas and the birth of the Messiah. The foretold birth, the recorded birth, the observed birth, all point to someone who will be our Messiah, our Redeemer, our Savior. To be our Redeemer recognizes our imperfections and our need for redemption. In Romans 3.23, Paul clearly reminds us all that we are sinners and shorts of the glory of God. We are guilty of our sins, convicted of our sins, and we are incapable of paying adequate recompense for our sins. We do not have it in us to atone for our sins by, the, by our actions. Sometimes, when I struggle with my carbohydrate intake, I uh, promise myself I'll do some extra exercises so that I can burn off those excess uh, calories and they will kind of not count the following day. I try to atone for the extra intake by some extra work. In our relationship with God, there is nothing we can do that can atone for our sins. We do not have it in us. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We learn in Isaiah 64, verse 6. Our only hope, therefore, is in the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. And his birth today, on that first Christmas, heralds this hope for all mankind and for us. It is Christmas that in his birth signifies his redemption for us to bring us back to God despite our sins and our sinful nature. Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, born this Christmas. He sets us free from sin, and we are no longer bound to suffer the death that sin brings. He liberates us in everyday context. We are free from that bondage. It is possible to pass the meaning and implication of this without recognizing it. Many a time we have challenges, health challenges, workplace related um, or, some, or some other life work uh, life partners and all that it could be a character trait that is uh, keeping us uh, away from God or which burdens a relationship which strains our work with God we could have many challenges we could have a genuine need and be in a state of, dis of despair at our inability to overcome those uh, challenges it could be many different things. I do not know what it is. But I do know that whatever that despair is, whatever that challenge is, that Christ, our Redeemer, can bridge the gap for us, can turn the winds to become favorable. Christ can create a way where there seems to be no way. He can give healing to what man has said is terminal. He can bring joy to the downcast, hope to the hopeless. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. In Him, all sins are washed away. With Him, all challenges are faced and conquered. Through Him, we are made whole again. In our relationship to God, 
and as the good and perfect creation of God himself. What this means is that we do not have to go to any other place to seek for deliverance. All our life-threatening matters and challenges are solved at his feet. There is a popular hymn in our hymn book which we sing. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We do not need to carry unnecessary burdens. We should take everything to Christ and he will bear it for us. He has already done that. We just need to accept him and all our travails will go away. We do not need to worry. Our Redeemer, that great counselor, that mighty man of God, is on our side. He promises to solve our problems for us. We only need to step up to his promises to claim the redemptive power of his uh, death and his uh, resurrection. There are no solutions any other place. Secret societies cannot help us. Fetish conclaves are all fake, without exception. All power belongs to God, and there is no solution in any other place. Only at the name of Jesus and he crucified, dead and risen, shall our travails end. Many of us facing challenges. I, I, I think at the last um, service we were told many, but not inside the Anglican communion, and certainly not inside this uh, chapel. So many people facing challenges have been known to go and seek assistance through unclean and unchristian uh, means. We have seen trending videos of men and women seeking for protection of business ventures with a character who says, I'm sure people have seen it. And we see mature men and women go through degrading and demeaning procedures, sometimes stuck naked in a stream with a goat between their legs, and they will cut the goat, or they will be throwing money into the stream. This is supposed to somehow give them some uh, deliverance and some uh, security for their businesses. My brothers and sisters, Ekeloloeke is fake, false, deceptive, and noxious. There is only one God, and all power belongs to him. There is none other except Jesus Christ, born this Christmas day, who can lead us to him. To him be all power over all things, forever and ever, says 1 Peter 5, 11, in the Living Bible translation. Another translation has it thus. For all power belongs to God, now and forever. All power belongs to God, now and forever. There is therefore no room for power to be in any other place. God's power is not divided or dissipated 
to any other mortal being. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way. Jesus is the answer. No matter what the question, no matter what the challenge, no matter what the worry is, bring it all to Jesus. This is a little more difficult for me, but I will try it. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger, bigger than, than any mountain I can't see. Yes, thank you. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than everything. Lord is bigger than every mountain I cannot see. My God is bigger than all my problems, bigger than everything. Lord is bigger than every mountain. No matter the mountain in your life, there is a solution in our Savior and Redeemer, Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, the message of Christmas is that a Savior, a Redeemer, a friend, a counselor, the Prince of Peace is born for us today. We are the focus of his birth. He came for us. He brings healing for us. He brings redemption for us. He comes to take away our burdens, to lighten our yoke, whatever that yoke may be. If we but realize the marvelous thing that has happened to us this Christmas morning, we should go about in great appreciation of the majesty of God and his plan for us in Jesus Christ. Christmas is about us. Christ came for us. Praise and glory to him. Amen. Jesus Christ came into the world on that first Christmas as a gift of God for us. In Galatians 4, he says it very clearly. When the fullness of time had come, Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, that fullness of time is when Christmas came. God sent his forth, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons of God. Christ himself clearly tells us that he came to give his life as a ransom, a propitiation, the payment for our sins. He came to call sinners to repentance. And he came to give eternal life to anyone and all who will believe in him. This gift, however, requires that we accept it. Even if you, if, uh, just like a contract, even if it's a contract that has been awarded, you must accept, you must do an acceptance. The lawyers will uh, uh, confirm this in the, for, for, the, for the transaction to be, uh, to be legal. You must accept it. We are therefore required to accept the gift of God, this gift of redemption through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
the benefits of the coming of Christ are ours, but only if we choose to accept them. John 3:16, very popular, very clear, and very deep. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He's already given it. That whosoever believes in him, whosoever believes in him, whosoever accepts this contract should not perish but have everlasting life. If you accept, you get all the benefits. This, let us therefore believe in Jesus Christ. Let us accept him. Let us confess him as our Lord and Savior. Let us become born again in spirit and in truth, and we shall have eternal life. This Christmas season, let us meditate on these precious truths and allow the purpose of the coming of Christ as our Savior to fill our minds, that there may be joy in our hearts, and our souls will know his peace, that peace which passeth all understanding when you have it, and which leads to inexpressible and glorious joy. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive again. Let every heart prepare his love. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and a season of worship, of reflection on the sonship of Jesus and the kingship of Christ. That babe born today in a manger who is God, who has been from the beginning, without whom nothing was made that was made. On that first Christmas, there was no room for him at the inn, and he had to contend with being born in a manger. Today, may we make room for him in our hearts. Welcome him, welcoming him to dwell in us so that we may also dwell in him and with him. If we welcome him as our redeemer, as our savior, as our Lord and personal savior, if we keep his commandments, if we love God with all our hearts and with all our soul and mind, and if we love our fellow man as ourselves, we shall have a change in our lives and we shall have power to overcome the world as sons of God. There is no other way but that of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer. Shall we pray? O oh Lord Jesus Christ, true God from true God, you became a little child for us, so the world you made will be saved. Just as a child is born to us and the son is given, may we be born again through you and always remain in the number of God's faithful children. Through your propitiation for our sins, may we come to enjoy that gift of eternal life, which is given to all who believe in you, O blessed Savior. With the Father and the Holy Spirit, you live and reign, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.